We are back, and this is our two of Ariva Martin in real time, and we are talking about your favorite movies with two of my favorite, Reggie Ponder and Emmanuel E. Manoisette are joining me in this hour. Okay, Reggie, I know you are so happy to see that Color Purple is getting a nod for Best Picture, but there were a lot good black movies that I think may have gotten overlooked. So talk to us about how black movies did in 2023 and how come we didn't see more of them in the best picture category for the Critics Choice Awards. So Reva, we, we've talked about this before, but we, we know that um, society just looks at our films differently. They just do. They, they look at them differently. And in, in fact, in many cases, they don't even look at them. You, you've heard reports where these films, uh, the voters have not even looked at the African-American films that are nominated. Now, I'm not saying that happened today, but I am saying that on some of these films, people probably haven't even uh, considered as part of their consideration set. So you think of movies like They Clone Tyrone or American Symphony or... Um, uh, we grown now. I, I want to talk about those films. You think about those films. These are films that I'm sure many of my colleagues just haven't seen. And uh, but before you move on to my guy, uh, E-Man from Chicago, I just want to tell you that you got one of the best in the business over there. We just got to get him compensated as one of the best in the business because E-Man can bring it. And he we don't always agree, but he is one of the best in the business. So I'm really glad that you have him on. Well, you know, Reggie, I'm going to take that as a compliment and an insult. You know, we don't do nothing over here but the best. So that's why you made it here, and that's why you are here. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that, best. but I just wanted to say, uh, look, this guy is is fantastic. So that, that's all I got to say to that. Wonderful, wonderful. So, okay, talk to us, E-Man. What is going on with Black Movies? Reggie just named off some of his favorites. I told you a couple of my favorites from Rustin to 1001. What is it going to take for black movies to get their just due? Ooh, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me. And I appreciate you letting me share some space, just a little bit of room with the great Reggie Ponder as well. Uh, just makes all oh, of our lives a little bit better. Come on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, you know, the question is a very, very good one. And I think it speaks to why both me and Reggie do what we do. Um, you know, there are not a lot of us um, in this space. And, you know, one thing that is, I would say, part of our responsibility is to try and elevate these films to even put them into the conversation. Um, because just like Reggie said, some of these things are just not in the purview of our colleagues, you know, and, you know, um, the whole thing with Oscar so white, it's it speaks to a bigger systemic issue, not just in the industry, but just culturally. Um, you do have a vast majority of people in the press, in critics, for example, that are not black um, and not really minorities. And they're going to watch things that appeal to them and to answer your question more directly, what is it going to take? We have to be, you know, exemplary. Like the movies that come out have to be above and beyond just good. They can't even be just great. They have to be like to that level where if you do ignore it, you're going to get so much negative attention that it mm -hmm. kind of almost 
puts that guilt, you know, on our colleagues to actually give them more attention. Um, and in terms of favorites, I, one thing I've been singing praises for is the color purple. I have loved that whole production up and down. I've seen it multiple times. Um, and that's something that I've encouraged people to go see in theaters, not at home, not streaming. That's something you have to see in theaters to get that communal and that cultural experience, um, because that movie right there is something special. So, you know, I'm going to ask this question. No disrespect to The Color Purple. No disrespect to the incredible actors, the producers, the directors, everyone that had something to do with that movie. But you just made the point, E-Man, that there are some movies that if they are not recognized, there's going to be a backlash. So when you look at The Color Purple and look at some of these other movies that Reggie said are his favorites and some of those that are my favorite, do you think, Reggie, that The Color Purple had to show up on the Critics' Choice Awards Best Picture and will probably show up on a lot of these other uh, awards lists because if it didn't, given who's involved with the movie, Oprah, Steven Spielberg, Taraji, et cetera, there would have been that kind of backlash that E-Man just talked about. Whereas the, these other movies maybe don't have as much cachet because they don't have those big names associated with them. Well, well, I think I think yes, and I think it's unfair to put that just on the color purple. Is that if, if you look at Oppenheimer, who did that? So of course that's going to get looked at. If you look at Barbie, who did that? Of course it's going to. So yeah, yeah, there, there's movies that are made by certain people get certain uh, attention just because they're made by by certain people. I will tell you is that uh, when email talks about that they are that our films just have to do above and beyond is that when you look at the color purple I was one of those that said please please don't please don't do an, another version of the color purple. However, mm -hmm. once I went to see the color purple so what they did is that they did a Luther. They did a Luther Vandross. They took <laughs> They took that house is not a home song and they made it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you're going to forget about the original, that you're going to forget mm -hmm. that who made who made that song. But you're going to say, wow, I really like this version. And so because they they stepped it up, that is the, the real reason that you can't ignore it. Yeah, you yeah got that cachet who, who, who brought it to the. To the screen, but additionally, they actually stepped it up. What they did with this film is, is in my opinion, is phenomenal. So it deserves the attention that it gets. There are films, in my opinion, like Assault Burn, like a Poor Things for me, that got this is getting that attention because they got the brand names, but it does it didn't resonate. Though neither one of those films resonated for me. Uh, I I want to you know do a little name dropping is because our our guy uh, Clayton Davis is out at the Variety and he gets to write about this a little bit more than we do and he's uh, a little bit more prominent. Um, and when you look at even what Clayton has put out as some of the best films, you'll see that as Afro Latino, he doesn't have a lot of 
uh, African American films even on his on his list, and I believe that that's just because that's just the way the industry is is going. The industry had us out, E Man and I. We we were out there. I'm sorry, Reeve, I missed you, but but we were out there in in LA, and the industry had us out there because they were whining and dining us, trying to get us to say, "I like this movie. I'm gonna vote for this movie." So they just they can't wait for Sunday. Because they're hoping that that whining and dining is going to do it. But I told a couple of people directly, your whining and dining is not going to influence whether I like this film at all. It just so happens that some of the people who was whining and dining, I like those a couple of those films. So I, I, I'll, I'll stop there. Well, let me ask you this, E-Man. So I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, Clayton and, you know, the movies on his list. And you can tell us a little later uh Reggie what those movies are but E-Man what movie is not on the critics choice list that you think should be on the list are there any movies black movies in particular that you think were overlooked I mean it depends on the categories um geez if I if I may if I may go ahead go ahead if I may E-Man I I would, um, and I, I'd love to hear your thought on this, E, is that I I would think in the comedy category, uh, They Call Tyrone could oh, absolutely yeah. be in that comedy category. Oh, for sure, for sure. But again, that goes to your point of, you know, um, people not feeling as though that that movie was worth watching, right? And it just kind of reminds me about when Get Out but came why? out. Why, why, E, man, why was there a sense that that movie was not worth watching. You know, where, oh, where did that come from? Yeah, a lot of that comes from, uh, I would argue, cultural bias, right? And through cultural bias, there is cultural discrimination. Um, and I'm just speaking, you know, just for me, I maybe this applies to others, I can't say, but, you know, I feel as though there is a sense or an obligation when it comes to minority critics, we got to watch everything. Right. We have to watch mm -hmm. a salt burn. We have to go watch poor things. We have to go watch these things, even when they don't resonate with us. You know, banshees of inner Sharon, you know, whatever. We have to watch <laughs> these things because that's part of our responsibility and job. But you have some counterparts who will be like, "Nah, I'm going to watch what I like. I'm going to watch what connects with me, you know, and it's just like that kind of comes with. I don't have to watch this black film, this Asian film, this, you know, Latino film, this LGBTQ film, because it, it doesn't resonate with me, you know? So that is kind of the issue that happens. And that's why you see some of those movies get higher up and get more attention and you get more black films that just don't because they clone Tyrone, which I thought was a brilliant film. And that should have gotten more pub. That should have been at least considered, especially for comedy. I don't think a lot of people saw it, you know, and that's a problem. Yeah, I kind of uh, found it channel surfing. I, I, I clearly, it clearly did not have a big marketing budget. Right. And let's talk about that, Reggie, for a minute. I mean, there could not have been a bigger marketing budget for Color Purple because you had Oprah herself out on the circuit, the TV circuit, the radio circuit, the you know, you name it, Oprah was there talking about the movie. She had a whole color scheme going. You know, she lost all her weight. So she's revealing her new body and all her new purple outfits. 
how much does that impact? Like, you know, they clone Tyrone. I hadn't heard about it. The movie, A Thousand and One, you mentioned that movie to me, and then I went and looked for it. But I had not heard much about that movie either. So, you know, how much of this is marketing? And, and who's out there marketing and how they are marketing? I, a, a lot of it. I mean, you, you, you have to think about is that um, the Color Purple had a marketing budget. So when you talk about this, the Color Purple, they did a premiere in L.A. They did a premiere in New York. They, they probably did a, a premiere at Oprah's house. So uh, did you go eat? Oh, I did not I go this go. time. I didn't not get to time. go to Oprah's house. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, the 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 budget re really matters. So some of the many of the films that are that African Americans do, these are films are labor of love. So when you look mm -hmm. at a film like which I haven't talked about, uh, it wasn't done by an African American. In fact. Um, uh, we Grown Now, which is about two young boys in Chicago during the Cottrell Davis time when Cottrell Davis was killed. And 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 it's really a coming of age story. It's not a true true story, but it's a coming of age of two black boys. It is beautiful. It is such mm. a beautiful film. But it's an independent film done by, you know, a, a, a woman who was just really um, into that the, the topic. And so it doesn't have a budget, mm -hmm. so it's not going to get there. And I, I'll, I'll be quiet for a minute because I, I see uh, E-Man shaking his head here. No, um, th that's totally true because another film that, um, you know, I think didn't get the push that it probably deserved, which really is blowing me away, uh, was Origin. And that was by Ava DuVernay. Mm. I mean, we're talking mm, Ava yeah. DuVernay. We're not talking about no slouch here, right? 13, mm. you know, when they see it, like Ava D Selma. You know, but um, the movie Origin, I mean, talk about a tough film to watch, but that was Ooh. something that if you wanted award competition, that's it. You know, but how many people saw it? You know, for whatever reason, Neon, I get, I don't know if they had budget issues or whatever. Maybe the topics were a little too, you know, uh, tough because it's dealing with the Holocaust. It's dealing with the Indian caste system. It's dealing with Trayvon Martin. It's dealing with a lot. But Without the marketing, a lot of people didn't see it. A lot of people didn't get a it's chance so to see it. That you bring that up, Eman, because you know how I learned about that. Of course, I read about it. I read mm -hmm. everything. But more importantly, I saw some friends of mine at a premiere taking pictures with Ava. And it didn't appear to be some big Hollywood red carpet, you know, fancy premiere like we're accustomed to in L.A. and Hollywood. So I do wonder, and you're right, very difficult topics. And given this period that we're in, this kind of backlash period where black isn't in the way it was after George uh, Floyd was murdered, I wonder, you know, if that movie is just too heavy. Um, but clearly, as you say, Ava DuVernay, typically anything associated with her, you would anticipate or expect for it to have a big budget. Uh, Reggie, let's talk about the all of the stuff coming out from Taraji about the work conditions and the treatment and the pay of folks, of the actors in particular on Color Purple. You know, folks yeah, are yeah, confused. Be, but, before, be, but before we do that, uh, Ariva, I, I do want to mention that when we talk about a heavy subject, the, uh, the Killers of the Flower Moon is a heavy subject. It's a really heavy subject, and it's. I'm really happy they did it from a white person's perspective. The show, the white people were recognizing that they were pillaging and and intentionally trying to rape 
and take over uh, Native Americans. Really happy about that. So that's a hard topic, but it got a big budget. It has a, a lot of push behind it. They're hoping that it's going to do really, really well from an Oscar perspective. So when we were watching um, Ava DuVernay's origin, there were the place wasn't even full. It, we were mm. questioning how is the studio going to market it, but they're probably like scratching their head saying, how do I market such a, a tough film in this regard? Mm -hmm. Because it's going to come at everybody. And I know we, on the other side of the break, maybe we can talk about, you know, your question with Taraji, but I really want to mention about the Killers, killers of a, a Flower Moon being a tough topic as well. No, I appreciate that. And you're right. When we come forward, I definitely want to talk about the uh, the truth that Taraji has been talking about the color purple and the producers and the directors. And is that causing some folks to, you know, uh, be repelled and, and not want to go see the movie? Stay with us. KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ariva Martin in real time on KBLA Talk 1580. We are back, and this is Ariva Martin in real time, and we are talking about award seasons and the award season and the movies that should be getting a nod with two of the nation's leading film critics, Reggie Ponders here and Emmanuel E. Noisette. So, Reggie, we're talking about all of the uh, tea that Taraji Henson has been uh, spilling about the treatment of actors on The Color Purple. And for a lot of people, they thought she was accusing Oprah of not standing up for, not advocating for, not taking care of other Black actors. And then Oprah got on the red carpet at the, uh, you know, Golden Globe, uh, the recent awards uh, that happened over the weekend. And she had to set the record straight, saying, no, I went to bat every time Taraji called me, but I was a paid producer, uh, just like everyone else that had a contract, and it was Warner Brothers. But that message has been lost on a lot of people because I see a lot of people online accusing Oprah of not taking care of Black actors. Help us understand, you know, what, uh, what happens in these big movies where you have a studio like Warner Brothers, and how come, you know, we need to appreciate that Oprah was not necessarily responsible for the pay and some of the other things that Taraji complained about. All my life, I've had to fight. I had to fight my <laughs> daddy. I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brother. <laughs> Look, it's it's a struggle. I mean, that that is what Sophia says when she says that uh, all my life I had to fight is she's saying she had to fight everybody. And, and, the, and right. the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think that Taraji is trying to throw some shade at Oprah, but she's trying to say all my life I've had to fight and that it's been a fight everywhere. I heard Terrence Howard maybe about uh, a, a month ago talking about he made no money on Hustle and Flow. None. Not, not mm -hmm. a penny. So, so the actors know that they got to put in the time and hopefully, at some point in time, they get paid. And if you saw Taraji talking with her sisters, she said, look, you guys need to relish this moment. This is going to be one of the few times that we're going to get to tell our story. We're going to get to talk about us, our people. We're going to get to shine the way we need to shine. It's going to be one of the few times. However, it's not without its challenges. There's still going to be all my life I've had to fight. You still are going to have to fight. And that's that's what I think uh, Taraji is saying. I, I, I guess that's really simple. Um, 
Ariva, I, I, I guess I'm being really simple on that. But well, I, I think what you're doing is you're avoiding <laughs> what people are seeing. Maybe you're giving us the insider's perspective, but Iman, what people uh, who are watching this on the internet and watching these interviews, what they're seeing is Taraji pointing the finger saying, Miss Billionaire Oprah Winfrey, you got paid and we didn't. Now, Oprah clarified that, but that's what a lot of people took away from what she was saying. Oprah Winfrey's on TV every day promoting the color purple. She's wearing purple. She's, you know, she's bleeding purple. And then Taraji's over here saying, I can't get a car. I can't get a driver, uh, you know, to the set. Yeah. So um, I think I think the problem is that there are too many people that have big platforms talking about the situation and they don't know how the industry works. So, for example, you saw popular TikTokers talking about, ooh, look at this friction between Oprah and Taraji mm -hmm. while they're doing this photo shoot. And even Oprah came out and was like, <laughs> we was cold. We was cold. And I'm like, look, I'm not smiling and shucking and jiving when it's cold outside either. So it's like people read into things a little too much. But there is just a lot of ignorance from just the average person on how these things work with the studios. Some people don't even know what producers do for a living either. So, you know, and I mean, like I, I, I heard some of this uh, discourse online. And I remember people were like, yo, is Taraji out of pocket for asking for a car? Like, who does she think she is? You know, and I, I had to kind of put it in perspective. And I'm like, look, you look at someone like myself, Mr. Reggie Ponder, you know, you have studios that will fly us out. They'll put us up in a nice hotel, give us a little money for food, have us watch these movies, etc. We are nobodies compared to your money makers, the actors Preach. and actresses. Preach. So you could do that for 40, 50, 60, 100 of us, but you can't do it for the four, five, six, seven people on set that's directly responsible for your production? That's trying ridiculous. to get award. Did you trying to get some, have them get awards so you can walk around and say Oscar nominated, Golden exactly. Gold nominated, Critics' Choice nominated, and you and you can't do that? So yeah. I, I agree 100% with what he's saying. And if you thought I was trying to avoid it, I wasn't trying to avoid it. I think it's, I think that it's two things. What 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 E-Man is saying, one is ignorance, but also is ignorance. Is that people are looking to talk about stuff that just to cause some kind of friction between people. They always are looking for that. But I'm really glad that, that Gail said, you know, this is my friend. This is my girl. But I'm going to go ask this question. And, and Oprah didn't know that question was coming. You could tell Oprah didn't know it, but she was like, all right, let me go ahead and just, just set the record straight. I, 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 she said, so let me I, say this, Reggie. Let, let, no, let, me, let me jump in. So, E-Man, you're right. And I have been talent on shows, and I ain't made nobody no Golden Globe, no Oscar, <laughs> none of that, and I've gotten a car. So 100%. Taraji needed a car and that crap about them saying to her if we get you a car we have to get everyone hell no so? that ain't how it works the biggest stars on set get things that other folks don't if you're a walk on or you got two right. lines and I'm carrying the show I'm right. gonna get more money I'm gonna get a bigger trailer yep. I'm gonna get a better makeup I'm gonna get a whole lot of stuff and it makes sense yeah. because you know that's if I'm in corporate America I'm the CEO I'm gonna make more money than the person that works in the mailroom. That's right. just capitalism. That's kind of how it is. But I think what I'm trying to get at 
that you all, I think, you know, you all are insiders. You know that this is noise. But for a lot of people, I think it was right for them to ask, how can we have the biggest black woman, you know, in business, in media, Oprah Winfrey, be parading all over television in purple and then have Taraji crying saying she had to fight to get paid? I think I think that's a legitimate question. I don't think it's just people causing mess. I think that's a legitimate question and people don't know how it works. And that's why I'm asking this so that you insiders can educate people on how it works. Because if you've never negotiated a contract and you're right, you hear producer, you think Oprah got the bag, that she got all the money and she's controlling who gets what. Oprah had to say, wait a minute, that's Warner Brothers. I negotiated my deal with Warner Brothers, Taraji, Danielle, everybody had their own negotiated deal with Warner Brothers, but that's not common knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right, Ain't but, nobody but, seen but, this but here's the on, a, on a stage talking but about the color purple and wearing a purple dress. But here's where the mess happens for me, Ariva. She did not say at any point, Oprah Winfrey screwed me. So, right. but, so, so that's but where the mess on, happens. Come on, come on. No, no, she for me, that's where the mess that. happens. She said the that, movie screwed me. She said I got screwed. Implicit in what she was saying was I got screwed by this movie. And Oprah is aligning herself as the face of the movie. So you don't have to be a rocket science just to say, okay, the movie screwed me. People would make that conclusion, rightfully or wrongfully. And all I'm saying is we have an opportunity, those of us who know this business, to just clear it up. Because I don't think everybody was trying to start. My 92-year-old aunt wasn't trying to start no mess. She was just trying to say, Ariva. I'll put it like this. Tell me how this works. Producers come in sometimes that producers don't always have the same role they might have similar titles but they don't do the same mm-hmm. things Shaq could be a producer that don't mean he's making the shots or calling the shots on set he just might be the person that gave a little money to make it happen so it always depends on the role and the duties that they are um that they've signed up for and that they're trying to pursue so for example as oprah said she didn't even know about some of these standards that I would assume many of them took for granted and was like, what do you mean you don't have a car? What do you mean they didn't do this? Mm-hmm. Like, that's industry standard. So when it was right. brought to Oprah's attention, according to her, she was like, oh, I called up the studio and said, yo, get my girl a car. Yo, do this. So there are a lot of things that, you know, it depends on how involved these people are. are. And by the way, Steven Spielberg was a producer. That's what I was going to say. He was right. in that too. So why is it like I, automatic all on producer. Oprah? But, but you know what you just did, Eric? I just called you Eric. You know what you just did, E-Man? Yeah. You just gave people some valuable information, some insider's knowledge about producers. A producer could be somebody that just invested money, has no operational responsibilities all the way to a producer that's on that set every day that is involved in negotiating those contracts. That's all. All I'm saying is I wanted to clear it up for people because I don't think inherently, I know the black women and people that asked me about it. I don't think they were inherently hoping that there was, you know, beef between Oprah and Taraji, but they didn't do a good job. And Oprah didn't come out and really explain that until I didn't really hear her explanation until she was on the red carpet. And sometimes just a little good information can quell a lot of mess. When we come forward, more on the best black movies of 2023, right here on KBLA Talk 1580. 
Black movies in particular of 2023. I know, Iman, you wanted to say something else about Taraji and The Color Purple before I have to ask both of you about Shannon Sharp and Next Friday and Cat Williams. So get ready. Yeah. It's about to get hotter. So go ahead. So just to give people context, this is not, I don't want people looking at Taraji acting like she's just spoiled or, you know, she's just like whining and crying. Viola Davis said the same thing. Uh, Jamon Hansu said the same thing. This is not a new thing when black actors let you know that they're not being treated equally. And that's the part that I think gets lost. This ain't about Taraji versus Oprah. OK, this is also an issue of black actors versus their counterparts, white actors, people that have less of a resume, less merit, less acumen or, you know, uh, uh, awards or accolades and they're getting paid more they're getting treated better and that's where the problem lies if this was equal all across the board you wouldn't have this type of conversations you wouldn't have these complaints but when you see some other actress that is less accomplished than taraji and they're getting paid double or whatever now there's a problem you know, so I think that we can't forget that we're also talking about some major inequality in Hollywood. That's not only racial, it's gender and sometimes also age as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really absolutely, glad. Brought- absolutely. And I'm going to give Taraji a lot of credit for bringing forth those issues, because whether you are a doctor, a lawyer, a talk show host, a truck driver or an actor in Hollywood, we know systemic racism. And as you said, ageism and ableism, there's a lot of ism that dictate uh, disparities in pay and in treatment. So this is a conversation I agree about equity. And thank you, Oprah, for clearing it up. And I just want to say, you said nobody's talking about Steven Spielberg. I think a lot of these folks, they didn't even know Steven Spielberg was a producer. Again, Oprah made herself the face of the movie. And when you do that, you're going to take the brunt of the heat. Okay, Reggie, we got to move on. Shannon Sharp, uh, in that interview, Cat Williams, that three-hour long interview that got, I don't know, 25 million views, more than, I guess, a Super Bowl or close to a Super Bowl. We got some news about a new movie. He said Ice Cube is putting together, uh, uh, there is a new movie next Friday or next Friday two or three. Is is that true? Is that some news that was broke on that Shannon Sharp interview? Yeah, I, I, for, for me, that was some news that was broke. Uh, one of the reasons that I say that... Um, uh, seriously, you think it's a love fest, but that E-Man is one of the best in the business is that he really does have his ear down uh, and and catches some of this new stuff before I do. So it was news to me. So I'd have to defer to, to E-Man to see if he had heard some stuff prior to that. Yeah, I mean, um, the Ice Cube has been talking about another Friday movie for years. So any type of update is I wouldn't say it's brand new news, but it's just nice to know that it's still in the works because I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. assume that movies, when they get announced, that somebody thought about it last week and they just hurried up and made it. Like (laughs) Some of these things take years in the making. Like They've waited 5, 10, 15 years. Schedule conflicts happen. Money can't get negotiated. It's all these different factors that can be an issue. Um, but the the next 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 Friday, the other other Friday movie, whatever they want to call it, that's been in the works for a very very long time. And thanks to my producer Robert correcting me, not twenty five million views, forty million views. Wow! All right, Reggie, you are not getting off that easy by saying you're going to defer to email. You better talk to me about what you thought about that interview and all that. 
uh, vitriol Cat was directing at everybody from Cedric to Steve to Kevin Hart. Uh, you name it. He he had something to say about it. What do you make so, of what uh, our friend Cat uh, Williams so did I, on that interview? I, I have two thoughts. I'm of two minds. One is that if it's on your heart and that's how he feels the industry has treated him, then it's similar to what we were talking about with Taraji. You know, he's saying, look, this is what happened to me. This is how people have been treating me and, and that type of thing. So I, I, I can't, it, it's, it's tough when we say you get hit in the face and then somebody says, well, you weren't hurt. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I can't do that. I can't do that. So I'm a, I'm going to say, okay, cat, maybe all that stuff happened. I, I'm going to say I'm sorry that that happened to you and that you're in that situation. <laughs> but then my second mind says, my mom would always ask me, who's the common denominator? So if you have a problem with Steve Harvey, <laughs> now you got a problem with Kevin Hart. You got a problem with Ricky Smiley. You got a problem with Tom Joyner. You got a problem. Who is the common denominator? So at some point, I would like Kat to say, yeah. These are what I experienced, but maybe I, maybe I, maybe I could have, is that there might have been something that I might have been able to do. But he want to put it in, from my perspective that it's all of them, you know, ganging up on them. And in fact, from what I know from working the advertising for a lot of time, all of them don't even like each other. So they got together <laughs> and they said, you know what? Hey, hey, don't don't let Cat do no no business. You make sure you don't let Cat do no business. I. I'm 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 not feeling it. So go go cry me a river. Well, you know one thing that shocked me, uh, Eman, was the initial response online. If you were following the social media post, it seemed to be that the community, and I'm gonna call it the community, particularly Black Twitter, was a hundred percent in Cat's corner. Folks started, you know, posting things to like, you know, giving him receipts for a lot of the statements he was saying. Now later on. As we start to hear, you know, Cedric and Kevin speak up, some of the, you know, the kind of momentum shifted. But did that catch you by surprise? How many people were willing to say, yeah, Cat's telling the truth. Yeah, that's true. Blah, blah, blah. You so, know, that was kind of shocking to me. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right about the whole community. And I, I probably should change my name because, hi, I'm part of the community. I thought it was hilarious. I thought he was <laughs> on point with a lot of stuff. Um, and this is where me and Reggie might slightly differ. And and the only difference is really just, I think Kat was speaking his truth, right? He was speaking, like when he was talking about Ricky Smiley, he was talking about his perspective. He's talking about his contract and what his approach was to this role. And Ricky was talking about his side and Ice Cube was talking about his side. And I didn't really hear anyone say, you a liar. No, that's not true. This, it was just kind of like, no, from my angle, this is what I saw and this is what I know, you know. So for me, I did not take everything as a hundred percent truth. I mean, the man read three thousand books. What about those three thousand books? <laughs> yeah, right, you know. So like, oh, okay, cat, okay, you know. But um, at the end of the day, I still think that he said what was on his heart. What I found more interesting, because by the way, yes, the internet never forgets, and they always keep receipts. What I found more interesting was the reactions, not from the community, but from the people he was talking about. Because what did they say? A hit dog will holler? That, to me, was way more interesting that you had all of In these... In what regard? I mean, were you... Did you think their responses were appropriate and proportionate? Oh, or you I were mean, saying you expected more? The funny thing is, well, 
there were two things. One, I loved some of the responses like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart responded quickly, was like, man, get that anger out your heart. Oh, by the way, I got a new movie coming out, blah, 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 right? That's brilliant mm-hmm. marketing because he jumped on the wave, jumped on the trend, used that opportunity to ride the wave. For him. Exactly. Um, you had other people like Cedric be kind of dismissive of it um, or whatever. And that's fine. You know, they can do whatever they want. But um, the the one thing I think that really stuck out to me was Cat talked about all they wives. Every single one of them said that you're going to get married to a funny face looking light skinned woman. And out of all the responses, I ain't heard not one of them defend their wives. I was like, y'all not going to say nothing about your significant other? You go. So that's that's what I found surprising. No, nobody came forth. And I didn't hear a lot of black women going off on Cat Williams for going off on women. That was also a very interesting response. The female response was pretty muted because he was quite harsh uh, in describing these seven uh, wives. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. And uh, I don't know. I'll give you the last word on this, Reggie. You hope that Kat does some introspection and that he thinks about the role that he may have played in making some of these relationships toxic. But what do you think happens next? Obviously, Shannon Sharp has 40 million viewers that tuned in. So he's got a lot of new folks that are going to be watching the show. Are you expecting to see some of those folks he talked about come on to Shannon's show to give their rebuttal? Yeah, if Shannon's smart, he's going to do what happened. Give it to me in 10 seconds, my producer's telling me. Yeah, if Shannon's smart, he's going to do what happened with uh, with, um, uh, the former quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, who talked really bad about some people, and then all of a sudden he's back. So he's going to have Cat back on. That's what I think. He'll have Cat back on. There'll be some more discussion, and Cat will clarify and say, ahumada, 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 and that's what I think. <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have Reggie Ponder and E-Man back on, because that's what we do. It has been great talking to you all. We are out of time. Next voice that you hear will be Robin Ayers and the Rob Report right here on KBLA Talk 1580.